Hi, and welcome to Recover Ed. In this series, we provide education on the disease of alcoholism, recovery, and the Magdalene Health Services. We hope these episodes serve as a valuable tool to help you better understand the alcoholic and our mission at the Magdalene House. To receive more information on alcoholism and recovery, you can request a speaker at magdalenehouse.org education for in-person and virtual presentations. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Stephanie Crawford, and I am the host of this podcast, Recover Out Loud. And today we're doing our very special series, Recover Ed. That's recover-ed. And in this series, we hope that it offers uh, education for our listeners on the Magdalene House Services, alcoholism as a disease, and recovery. And today's episode of Recover Ed is going to be a day in the life of a first step client. And I'm so excited to do this one because I get to have two amazing women on who not only make work so much fun for me, but really care about all of our clients and really care about reaching alcoholic women. These ladies are on the front lines every single day. Um, really giving themselves and making themselves available to the women we serve. And there's just no better two people to talk about this topic. So ladies, if you don't mind introducing yourself and let us know what you do for the Magdalene House. Righty. I am Kristen Andrus. I'm a recovered alcoholic. I've been sober since 210 of 2020, and I am a lead program coordinator for the First Step program. And I'm Carly Sorensen, also a recovered alcoholic. I've been sober since August 9th of 2019. I am a program coordinator for the First Step program at the Magdalene House, and I am also a one-time Maggie's girl. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I know this has been an adventure, to say the least, to get this recorded, but, you know, I have a lot of faith for this for this go-around. So... Uh, let's start off with just giving us a brief overview of what a typical day looks like and then we can get into the specifics from there. So a typical day looks like clients waking up every morning at 7.30 and they usually do meditation and begin it by 8 a.m. Then after that they'll participate in, in some chores around the house. They uh, can then continue on getting ready for the day and they will have their first meeting uh, as a group at 10 a.m. And those meetings will be scattered throughout the day with community time that they can um, eat meals together and fellowship amongst themselves as a community. And then uh, they will have evening meditation after the uh, 7 p.m. meeting. Awesome, and so it's a total of 60 meetings a week, correct? They will have 60 meetings in the two weeks that they're here. Oh, in the two weeks. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, thank you for clarifying that. So what what's being covered in, in those meetings, in those classes? So the majority of the meetings are what we call foundation meetings, which cover steps one, two, and three um, out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. There are also speaker meetings from other recovered alcoholic women um, where they share their stories, which is always really um, fun for the clients to hear. It really helps them connect with other women in the community. And then um, we have a couple of meetings, usually on, on the weekends, um, that kind of cover deeper into the steps, steps four through nine, and then 11, uh, 10, 11, and 12. 
So what I'm hearing, right, is that there's no like trigger lists being made or relapse prevention courses, that sort of thing, um, which our recovery community should hear that as tongue in cheek. But there are people who, you know, are listening who probably are wondering why we don't cover that and why our curriculum is what it is. So Kristen, do you want to talk about that? So, you know, just from my own experience of trying to get sober over the years, I've been to treatment centers that, you know, did have uh, relapse prevention classes, trigger classes. And um, while those are are helpful for some individuals, I was never able to get any kind of long-term solution or get any sort of long-term sobriety after I would leave those treatment centers. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I was introduced uh, to the steps of AA that I was ever able to find any sort of uh, solution and be able to live life on life's terms and be able to sustain any type of sobriety. So, you know, that it's, it's proven that it works. And by the time the women get here, you know, they're usually very desperate for sobriety and it's a curriculum that works. And I do want to piggyback on that and just say that all of our uh, programming staff here at the Magdalene House, we are all recovered alcoholic women ourselves. We are all in recovery and we have all found the solution that is laid out in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's what has worked for us. And I do want to specify that we are not AA. Um, but that is where our curriculum comes from. And so we do a great job of presenting, you know, what alcoholism is and what it's not. And, you know, these things might be great for, you know, a hard drinker, you know, but maybe not for the real alcoholic. And that's really what we're, what we're after, right? We're after helping the chronic alcoholic. If you want to learn more about that, we have this amazing class that uh, meets Mondays at 2.30. And what we do is we we take the word of mouth message, which is anything that uh, our clients may have heard from very well-meaning people, you know, that maybe they have tried that doesn't work. And we're not belittling that. We're not bashing that. But what we are doing is we're taking that and we're comparing it to what the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says. And that's the solution that has worked for us. And so I highly encourage any alcoholic woman in recovery, you don't have to be in one of our programs to attend that class if you're wanting to learn more information about that. So what do they do between meetings, between classes? Between the meetings, you know, they have a chance, of course, to um, eat, which is one of our favorite things, even as staff. (laughs) Lots of snacks. But they're really um, encouraged to be in their big book. Um, you know, within the first couple of days, uh, they're encouraged to find a sponsor and just kind of get started on the work, um, that the sponsor, you know, has provided for them and, um, is guiding them through and get them working on the steps. Now, Carly, you have firsthand experience of being here and going through, you know, the first step program, which is previously known as our social detox program. And so, Being in 60 classes where it's primarily focused on one, two, and three, did that get redundant or do you mind sharing your experience with that? Sure. So 
you know, full transparency when you're in the house at the time, you can sometimes kind of crave something a little bit different than one, two, three, and we do have several different formats. But we do focus on one, two, and three. And looking back, um, I understand why. As someone that, you know, um, tried to get sober for a very long time and had a big book that sat in my nightstand and collected dust, (laughs) but I couldn't understand why I couldn't stop drinking, you know, steps one, two, and three, that was crucial for me. And I didn't know anything about them. I had read them on the wall at 12-step meetings, but I really didn't know what it was. I didn't even think I needed it. So um, it was really, um, really crucial for me. And I never was bored, though. Um, Every woman that comes to chair the meetings has such a different perspective. And they all have, um, you know, just different, unique ways of approaching the different steps. Um, I know that there was a certain step in one, two, and three that, you know, I was open-minded to but struggled with. And I remember being on, like, my third day and... The woman that happened to chair in the noon meeting um, said something that just made a light bulb go off for me. So you just never know. You're, you're always going to get something different and take away something from every meeting. And one of the things, too, that, you know, like I I think it's, it's fair to mention that all of the women that come in to lead these meetings, they're all volunteers besides our staff-led meetings. And so these are women who believe so much in the solution and the curriculum that we teach too, that they are giving of their free time and coming in here and working and and teaching these women and, and sharing their experience, strength, and hope with them. And each of them, you know, has their own different delivery or their own different style. And so, you know, that gives us the opportunity to reach more of the clients and I feel like we do a great job of representing alcoholism in all different ways, right? Like we all have these different stories. Maybe our consequences were different. Maybe the way we drank was a little bit different, but we all have that that internal experience, right, of that incomprehensible demoralization, that hopelessness that we all feel as alcoholics on why we can't quit drinking. And now we have this you know, amazing common solution that we get to walk shoulder to shoulder with. And I just want to thank all of our meeting chairs that come in and, and give their free time uh, to do that. Also, if you are a recovered alcoholic woman and you want to learn more about volunteering, you know, meeting chairs are one of our volunteer opportunities. And you can check that out at the Magdalene House website. So... Now, in between meetings, you said that they're in the big book and, you know, really doing the work that their sponsor has has given them. Why is it that we don't allow outside literature into our program? So 14 days is a very limited amount of time. And we want uh, those clients that are coming in that are, you know, essentially dying of alcoholism to focus on the book and utilize the time while they're here. Uh, Outside, you know, outside reading material has a propensity to cause a distraction. You know, Carly had a good point. Uh, If you bring a mystery novel in into uh, treatment, you're going to want to focus on that and not focus on why, you know, you're actually here. So we just like to redirect the ladies to the purpose of why they're in the house. 
Yeah, no, I think that's super important as well. And, you know, it's always cool to come downstairs and, and see the women like in their books and meeting with sponsors. And, you know, and I just uh, think that it's really amazing and special to be able to watch. Now, uh, we do, you know, um, have women get sponsors right away. How do they choose a sponsor? or How does that how does that work? You know, usually uh, we ask that the ladies in the house acquire a sponsor within the first three days of their stay so that they can go ahead and get started and uh, get some direction on how to go through the book and start getting busy in the big book. And, you know, when a lady comes to me and, and asks, you know, what, what should I be looking for? Or how should I go about doing it? You know, I always kind of advise them, you know, do you feel a connection with this woman? You know, can you relate to what she's saying? Is she presenting something that you might want? Is she happy, joyous, and free? And, uh, you know, if their answer is satisfactory, you know, often I will give them their number or uh, find a way for them to get in contact and touch base with each other. Yeah, you know, I think our staff does a great job of really you know, um, directing clients to their sponsors, right? Because that's going to be something that when they leave here, they're going to need to do, right? Because they can't go into the office with the problem, right? And, you know, Maggie's staff isn't going to be available to them 24-7. And, you know, so I feel like we do a great job of, of helping them with that right away, right? To make that phone, you know, not as hard to pick up right when they leave here and really start building that relationship with their sponsors right away now is there like requirements to sponsor or like a sobriety requirement no sobriety requirement just uh having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps and you know obviously being sober yeah yeah well if you've had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps you know you're probably sober. Probably And that so. your sponsor has a sponsor. That is important as well, for sure. And I just love that, right? Because I know, you know, whenever you get through the steps and you're so eager and you're so on fire and you, you know, want to share. This was me, right? Like, I was just like, I wanted to share the solution with everyone, you know? Like, um, I've heard it said before and I love it. Like, if you're not on fire to share this solution when you're through the steps, you may have missed something. Right. Like I feel like it's one of the side effects, as you will, is like this overwhelming desire to want to help people. So you get through the steps, you're on fire. And then like you have places being like, no, 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 you got to wait a year. <laughs> right? Hold on to that fire for a year and then come back. And so here at the Magdalene House, you know, like and we talk about this in our word of mouth message um, versus big book message class as well. You know, as soon as a woman's through the steps, she can be carrying the message and uh, and sponsoring. And I just think that is fantastic. And so the next thing I wanted to ask you was about meditation. Uh, so we do a morning meditation and an evening meditation. Uh, do you mind talking about what that looks like? Sure. So um, morning meditation, which I loved when I went through the house, each woman will begin the day, um, of course, after grabbing a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> they'll, um, we have a selection of little devotional books, and they're um, asked to pick 
out just like a brief reading of something that kind of strikes them that day and they'll share it with the group. Then we have um, the spiritual principles written on little popsicle sticks <laughs> that are in a can and they'll pick out a spiritual principle for the day such as service that they will incorporate into their to their day and practice and then they are asked to write down their definition of their spiritual principle um they're also asked to come up with three things um during the day that they're grateful for and three things that they like about themselves which will lead into their evening meditation pick out the highlight of their day and they'll also rate their day on a scale of one to ten and i think it's a really cool idea especially to come up with things that you like about yourself i remember really struggling with that when i was in the house and because you know we come in here so broken and that was really cool it was a simple little way to start loving yourself again um and then also in the morning meditation we read um, as a group they read on awakening from the big book of alcoholics anonymous and then an evening meditation uh, they read when we retire at night from the big book and then that's also when they share um what they came up with during the day um how they used their spiritual principle and you know what they're grateful for and what they like about themselves well i love that too because you know that some prayer meditation is gonna be something right that we have to do for the rest of our lives and just like the sponsor thing right like we help the women get into the habit right away and just from i know the first time i ever read on awakening uh, which begins on page 86 of the big book. So if there's any listeners who want to read that, they can. I remember getting like so excited because it said we do not tire so easily. And like active alcoholism is exhausting, you know, and it talks about being undisciplined and letting God discipline us. And I was not a disciplined person at all and so like it gave me hope I remember for reading that for the first time you know it gave me hope and and I just I was I don't know I think that's awesome that we were able to to do that for the women as well and on the note of spiritual principles you know like that's also something we do this in next step as well where they have to pick a spiritual principle and practice and be really intentional about how they practice that spiritual principle for the week and the reason why we do that and you know, we and we also ask them how they're showing up in their homes, occupations and affairs. And, you know, what, whenever we explain why we do that, you know, we often take them to page 19 where it says, you know, more important demonstration of these principles lies before us in our homes, occupations and affairs. You know, it says our drinking our the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And so right away, we're giving the women the opportunity to be able to learn how to live by spiritual principles, because I don't know about you all, but I was not living by spiritual principles <laughs> when I got here either. Um, I'm just so, I love our programming. I love our curriculum so much. I get really fired up about it sometimes. Well, so I know this is one of the cool things that I like to talk about because, you know, we do assign chores for the ladies in the house. And, you know, while I could imagine me being in treatment the first time, getting assigned a chore and just being like, uh, you know, there's actually like this profound reasoning behind it um, that I find so fascinating. And so can you talk about that? So we're a no cost facility and uh, 
you know, there it's, it's one of its kind and there's not a regular cleaning staff that comes in every single day. And what lies behind, uh, assigning chores to clients is, uh, you know, gratitude and humility. You know, when I was in active alcoholism, I did not want anyone telling me what to do. And the last thing I wanted to do was some chore that someone assigned me. But I was so broken toward the end of my drinking that I was willing to do whatever it took to try and find some solution if that was cleaning a bathroom or if that was cleaning a kitchen, I was willing to do it. And also it's a way to give back to this program that is allowing you to come in and you're able to experience this curriculum and see what the problem is, see some hope, um, and see other women that have came through the house and recovered as well. Awesome. I love how last time we did this, y'all, if you're, we've tried to record this episode quite a few times now, but, you know, Carly mentioned that she would get excited because, like, she hadn't cleaned a bathroom in so long, (laughs) you know, and, like, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I don't know if I get excited to clean a bathroom, but um, definitely wasn't doing any of that while I was drinking. Uh, Carly, do you want to add anything to that? No, it's just, it's, you know, something about feeling productive again. I mean, I would... Before I came to Maggie's, I was just in my dark hole of a room and I was not taking care of myself, let alone my surroundings. So, I, it, you know, I was more than willing to do chores and, like I had said, get up at a decent time, drink coffee like a normal person in the morning, you know. Instead of vodka. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know the story. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and as Krista mentioned, it's a, it's a big um, example of willingness, because if you're not willing to do a chore, mm-hmm. then what does that look like? So it's, um, I think it's a really good, good thing that we have the clients do. And yeah, and I think I, you know, um, Chloe had said before too. You know, how do you build self-esteem through esteemable acts, right? And so, like by taking care of myself and my surroundings, you know, like I start to build that self-esteem again. So. Family visitation. So that's something that I think makes our program a little unique as well is that, you know, we allow family visits. So can you talk about what that looks like? So family visitation is 730 to 830. For clients that ask that a family member comes to visit them, they are required to attend the family support meeting, which uh, is held from 530 to 630. Awesome. And something to know about that family support meeting as well is it is open to any loved one of an alcoholic or an addict. You do not have to be affiliated with the Magdalene House to attend and it is absolutely free of charge, no cost, just like our other programs. Um, And you can find more information about that on the uh, website as well. But we do have a podcast for family members called Hope for the Family if uh, you're interested in learning more about that and hearing a family member's perspective. Now, it's not all big book sponsor meetings. You guys have just started doing this fun thing called icebreakers, where I got to learn that Kristen's favorite condiment is queso. <laughs> Mine too. Um, so can you tell me about what, what that looks like? So every day at, at 3.30, uh, clients and staff get together, and we do for about 15, 20 minutes, we get together and 
we'll pick out two or three random questions for the day that that aren't recovery related, that are just funny questions uh, to help facilitate relationships within the community. Staff participates along with the clients and you know, usually it's just some kind of question like, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Or what's your favorite condiment? What's your favorite food? And from there, you can usually see those, those conversations and, and answers flourish and the clients start building relationships with each other. Uh, they start um, getting to know more about staff and staff's really not that all that different from them that we're just, you know, drunks as well and, and we're recovered now. And, and so it just starts facilitating a lot of like really cool relationships. Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things about, you know, our programming as well is, you know, we have that phrase, uh, once a Maggie's girl, always a Maggie's girl, right? There's that immediate love. um, And I came in, I just want to share this for a minute, but like I came in to work here not having gone through any kind of Magdalene House program. I always had so much respect for the Magdalene House. I remember leaving my job to be a stay-at-home mom and whenever I was going back to work having the thought any job I get is going to be settling compared to my last job unless I work at the Magdalene House and God provided and I'm so happy here but even coming in as like a as a staff member the Maggie's community was so welcoming and inviting and loving and warm and that's just the same kind of attitude that I see across the board and these women they come in and and you know and they like all of our recovered alcoholic women who come in they just want to give them a hug and tell them it's going to be all right and just show them so much love and support that it's might be a little like overwhelming at first right uh I didn't know anybody could be happy and sober at the same time um, so, you know, we have that phrase, once a Maggie's girl, always a Maggie's girl. And, you know, Carly, I think you do such a great job of explaining that and talking about what that means in your experience. So can you talk about that, please? Yeah, just kind of piggyback off what you said. I remember we had a client on her very first day. She told me, she goes, everyone here is smiling and is so happy. <laughs> and it's like she wanted to be so angry, but it was just, it was such a testament to what this place does and of course by the end of the two weeks she was right there with everybody so that was great to see but once a Maggie's girl always a Maggie's girl um I love it uh because I've said before I did not know at all what I was getting once I came through Maggie's I thought it was gonna be another treatment place that I would you know do my time Hopefully it would work this time and then I'd just be on my way and um, and that's not the case You know, it is just such a sisterhood Um, You know and everybody's just so loving supportive Um, Even if you don't even know someone but you are like, oh, you're a Maggie's girl and you went through Maggie's, you know um, It's just this connection, you know, no matter what and we're all so different But we all are the same through our alcoholism and, um, you know, I've said I, I don't have family in Texas, but I have my Maggie's family here. You know, I spent Thanksgiving here. Um, so it's just, it's such a great support system. It's just nothing like I've ever seen with any other place. Yeah, absolutely. And I spent Christmas here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like we have our Maggie's family here and it's, it's really, it's really, really cool. So um, before we 
wrap up here. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure is is mentioned that's important for the listeners to know? I mean, there's just so many ways for women once they leave First Step to stay involved in the community. Like Next Step, highly encourage that, Maggie's Women's Group, volunteering. There's always opportunities to be of service here. And the ladies love seeing volunteers because the majority of the time, you know, some of these women are people that have came through the house. You know, it's it's good for them to see the hope that... Uh, they have got the, the other woman has gotten from the program yeah and um to add to that i definitely would like to mention our overnight volunteers i think that's such a cool thing that we do you know staff leaves and you have the overnight volunteers who are recovered alcoholic women that come through and they kind of get to be the fun ones <laughs> even though we're fun too but um it, it's just it's a it's a cool way I've never seen that before anywhere where you just have someone so freely giving their time mm-hmm. and they're just such an inspiration to the ladies in the house you know I think that also speaks volumes to our program mean right like these women are giving up their Friday nights their Saturday nights and to come spend the night here right and they're not giving it up because they actually want to do that right and I just think that is so fantastic we love our overnight volunteers we couldn't do what we do without y'all so can you share with me a favorite memory from your time working in first step yeah so I uh March will be a year that I've been here and there was a lady who came through the house a few times and being able to see from the moment she walked in the door just broken and where she is at today having went through having got out of first step went through uh next step now now she's over nodding and being able to give that sponsoring other women in the house uh definitely doing the deal and providing that hope that the ladies that are so broken in first step need, being able to see the, that lot and that happiness come back to her and watching her be happy in sobriety, not just sober, but happy. So I love seeing that. Yeah, because we're definitely about more than sobriety here, right? We, we are about getting recovered you know um and it's fantastic I love it Carly what about you yeah I agree with Kristen I'm just seeing the transformations in general um seeing someone just be happy which is something so simple but that most of us don't have when we're drinking so um I love that but um in particular also another woman that came through several times I also it'll be a year for me in March as well and, um, and she, you know, she came through a couple times, um, I think left early the first time. So she came back and, you know, um, she started showing up differently and we, um, ended up forming a, a, a close bond by the end of her two weeks. And I just remember her mother calling to check on her and, Uh, I said she's doing great and I was like I actually just talked to her she just gave me a big hug and her mom's like wow she does not hug anybody (laughs) 
And, you know, it's just that always stuck with me. And now she's also, um, she graduated Next Step and is overnighting as well. And it, it this program works miracles. I mean, that's so amazing, though, right? Like, it just speaks to what can happen in two weeks, right? Like, you know, we can't put this limit on God, you know, like so much can happen in two weeks and the relationships that they build with one another and the relationships that they get to build with staff and I just, you know, I think it's amazing. And you talked about, you know, I just, one of the things that I also think is so cool about this place is uh, you talked about, you know, she left early the first time, right? Like we're not about convincing women to stay um not because we don't want them to get well not because we don't care about them but because we know the importance of really having a first step of experience and knowing if you're the real alcoholic that's one of the things that we teach and that we um you know educate the women about is the difference between the hard drinker and the real alcoholic and only you can decide if you're the real alcoholic and so we really need that experience and then it's like okay and when you're done you can come back right and like you know they're welcome back with open arms and they get to have this experience and they're not shamed and it doesn't matter you know if they've relapsed or whatever the case may be you know like we love them unconditionally and I think that's so amazing well y'all this has been wonderful Thank you all so much. Um, You know, we talked about different resources in here. I will put those links in the show notes. If you want to hear more from Kristen and Carly as well, they have their own podcast episodes where you can hear more of their stories. And I will put uh, the links to those as well. If you liked what you heard, uh, please leave us a review and give us your honest feedback you know, these reviews, they help us reach more alcoholic women. And that's why they're so important, right? You know, our programming, all of our services are at absolutely no cost. Um, but like the quality of our programming is so fantastic. I always like to say that it is the best quality care that money can buy, but it doesn't cost a thing. And now we have this beautiful facility where women can come and they can recover with dignity and not feel like they've been you know, thrown to the side. And so women need to know about this place, right? And because we're privately funded, we can accept women from all over and driving to Dallas or flying to Dallas is a lot cheaper than paying for treatment. So anyways, if we hope to hear from you, we hope you get involved and we hope this was helpful and um, I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is from the Magdalene House, a recovery community for alcoholic women. We are a nonprofit organization located in Dallas, Texas, and we provide comprehensive recovery services to alcoholic women at absolutely no cost. You can learn more and support our mission at magdalenehouse.org.